Hello everyone, this is Deb McBride and welcome to my astrology podcast. Today is Monday, February 11th, 2019 and I am broadcasting from lovely Costa Rica and I'm here to discuss the astrology of the week. So let's get started. The first thing is that Mercury has changed signs as of yesterday and Mercury is our planet of intellect, communication, details, communications, whether it's speaking, writing, reading, all things doing with words, language, and articulation. And Mercury has moved into the last sign of the zodiac, which is Pisces. Now, if you know anything about Mercury, Mercury likes to be in Gemini, and it likes to be in Virgo. And it is the rulership of these two signs. So it really likes being in those signs because they are particularly wordy, articulate, detail-oriented. And Mercury, when it's in a sign like Pisces, which is a water sign, and opposite Virgo, Mercury is not exactly happy. So it doesn't mean that Mercury's miserable and we're all going to be miserable. It means that Mercury is challenged. And Mercury is not really uh, something to be too worried about because it's not uh, going to end the world or anything or start a war. But Mercury is a little inconvenient. Now, when it goes into Pisces, which it does every year, it requires us to do something different with our brain. And remember that Mercury likes detail and likes thinking and loves air signs like Gemini that it rules, but I think it also likes being in Aquarius and Libra as well. And it just left Aquarius and it spent its time there and, you know, things are very analytical there in, in the home of Aquarius and Mercury likes it there. So when we get into a water sign and especially a water sign that is ethereal, uh, non judgmental uh, and very, very loose and sort of governs invisibility, Mercury doesn't quite know what to do with itself. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where we have to turn Mercury on to another channel, more or less. So what does this mean? Mercury will not operate the way it does in Virgo, which is as I described, detail-oriented, punctual, uh, you know, formidable with details. Um, but it's going to really have to use itself in a different way. And we need to use it in a different way, which means that Mercury has to be more of the intuitive sort. So what does Pisces rule? It rules psychic ability. It rules healing. It rules intuition. It rules all things invisible, not invisible. Wow. Was that invisible or, you know, is it invisible or is that a mirage? Did I see that? Did I dream that? What is my intuition saying? Can I trust it? That's a big one. What is my intuition saying? Does my intuition speak? And can I trust it? What is this voice? So Mercury gives us the voice of intuition when it's in Pisces. It obviously goes into other water signs too. It goes into Cancer and it goes into Scorpio. And Scorpio, it can be sarcastic and stuff, so it likes it there too. But, but really, when we deal with Pisces, it is often wordless, which is not a comfortable place for Mercury. 
So Mercury is going to be there quite a while because today is the 11th of February and it's going to stay there, go retrograde on the 6th of March at the very end of the Zodiac, 29 degrees of Pisces. And it's going to go direct on the 29th of March at 16 Pisces and stay in Pisces until April 17th. So this is a particularly long transit of Mercury. Mercury's not going to go into another sign. It's not going to go into Aries and then come back. It's staying in Pisces until April 17th. And we have to deal with that. <laughs> so when you're dealing with Mercury and there are no words, then you need to resort to what is psychic or intuitive or unseen or invisible or not necessarily tangible. Because when you put something in Pisces, you go to grab it and it slips through your hands. Now, I can deal with that. You can deal with that. We all know how to deal with that. We just have to have a little patience with it. When you sit down to write your sentences or write your emails or write in your journal, um, Words may fail you, but then feelings may come forward. And sometimes you listen to a piece of music that has no words, for example, and you are completely understanding what it's telling you, completely. And it's emotional and it's big and it moves you on some level, but there are no words. And that's exactly what we're dealing with here. What is moving you? What is inspiring you? What is creative for you? Where else do you go in your being? Instead of your brain, where everybody goes now because we're so technologically oriented and Mercury rules telephones and computers and, and emails and Instagram and all social media. Mercury's a very social planet. Uh, it's all wordy. We're saying things. We're speaking. But this is a particularly long two months, over two months with Mercury and Pisces. So we all have to take a step back and say, okay, what is it that I can do with this energy that is going to sort of be a reflective time, a helpful time, a healing time, and a valuable time? And for me, when I see this and I give people advice, my valuable advice in this case, is go meditate. Not everybody's going to do that, want to do that. You know, this is, this is one of those transits where Mercury goes retrograde and you're going to want an answer and you're not getting an answer. And you have to, you call people, you write to people, you're trying to get an answer, you're not getting an answer. And that's okay because where you're going to get the answer is not where you think you're going to get the answer. It's not typical. It's not the wordy, detailed, articulate email. It may be that you have to go within, get quiet, and have no words, and just have a feeling. And in all of that feeling, you are communicated volumes of information. And this can happen in a lightning bolt flash, okay? This is not something that doesn't exist. This is something real. The trouble is, again, with the whole intuitive thing is, do you believe it? Do you not believe it? What is it? Where's that voice coming from? And we'd all do a whole lot better if we listen to these inner gut feelings and voices. These are coming from a deep knowing part of ourselves. So Mercury is taking us there.
and it's taking us on this journey, and especially when it starts the retrograde next month, that's when you really, really have to go in and trust and listen. It's not going to be a simple thing where, you know, you just sit down, you close your eyes, and in five minutes you have answers. You have to sit and get quiet. And any time that, in my experience, one meditates and one is looking for something, it usually doesn't come in a few minutes. You have to sit there. You have to trust. You have to breathe. You have to connect with us, something else. When people write music, when people write poetry, when artists create, they have to go somewhere else. It's not necessarily coming through their brain. It has to come through their heart first. And otherwise it's not meaningful. And this has got to be a meaningful time period. So you make this a meaningful time period by taking yourself maybe off the chat room, off the social media, not shutting your account down, but just stepping back and allowing something different to happen and just sitting with the energy and sitting with the voice that doesn't normally surface and letting it surface and allowing it to surface. And then you can write it down. If you're not a creative person, if you're, you know, your job is much more analytical or business oriented and you don't feel creative. I mean, we're all creative in some way. I suggest you do something that encourages a different part of your brain to function. Um, we want to do more right brain stuff with this. We want to not be so organized and not be so invisible. Uh, I mean, visible with it. We want to be more invisible. Things happen in Pisces. It's a Neptunian sign. Things vanish. Things, I've seen things literally be in your hand one minute and then vanish the next. So where do they go? <laughs> where, what vortex took them away? So this is one of those places where we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what kind of answers we're going to get. But just think of the excitement and the inspiration of going within and listening and just listening and getting quiet and listening. If you're not inclined to keep a journal, uh, make paintings, make drawings or anything like that, just sit with yourself, shut the TV off, shut off the computer and just listen. That is the best thing you can do in these next two months with Mercury. If you have the solution, you need a solution to something. If you need a new method of handling something. Go out for a walk, walk around the neighborhood, get into nature, go by the water. If you live near water, you can go near water. Go to the water and get inspired. And a walk around the block, a walk to the lake, a walk to the beach, this is all going to get you an answer. But you have to clear your head. You can't let the voices of a thousand analytical ideas get in the way. Listen to your intuition. Maybe you'll get a dozen new creative ideas about something you're going to do at work and your job is, you know, you're an accountant or something, but it's okay. You need to be listening. And that's what we're all supposed to do right now for the next two months. So congratulations. Listen onward today. The moon is in Taurus. It's going to be in Taurus till tomorrow when it goes void at 5:26 PM Eastern time. And it's going to be void for almost 12 hours. So tomorrow night, Make a nice cozy meal if you're on the East Coast. Um, this is not a time for starting new things. Moon and Taurus wants 
security. It also wants comfort food, especially when the moon is void in Taurus. It's just like, you know, balance your checkbook, okay, do the laundry. Don't necessarily uh, engage it too much. Get some rest. It goes into Gemini in the middle of the night on the 13th and stays in Gemini until uh, 9 a.m. Friday. So there is lots of, there's lots and lots of time to think and analyze and process in those days. And then it will go into Cancer. It'll be void for about an hour and 15 minutes on Friday morning. And then it's going to go into Cancer, 9 o'clock, and stay in Cancer all weekend until it goes into Leo Sunday morning. And then it'll be in Leo for the rest of the day. It's only void for about an hour and 10 minutes Sunday morning. But that's okay. Sunday mornings are meant for void moons. <laughs> so we do have some exciting changes this week. The big one is Mars, and Mars is changing signs on Thursday, but before it does, it's going to connect with Uranus. So as I mentioned last week, if you listened, Mars is in its own sign, Aries, and it's leaving Aries, and it will be back, you know, in two years, but it likes being in Aries, so it's never happy to leave. <laughs> but it's going to go out with a bang because it's going to conjunct Uranus tomorrow, on really tomorrow late, but overnight Wednesday morning. So you're feeling it already. We've been feeling it for days. There may be irritability. Like I said last week, this is a hot transit. Mars is hot in Aries. It's connecting with Uranus, which is going to bring all sorts of interesting ideas, chaos, brilliance, genius, and things out of nowhere. Expect the unexpected. Expect that certain things might uh, needle you. But as I said before, and as I often say with Mars Uranus, just be a little bit careful. Don't speed up. Slow down. It's really hard to not rush around during a Mars and Aries conjunct Uranus. We all want to get going and get someplace already and get things done and fixed and, and moving. And that's not the way to handle this energy, especially, you know, the moon's going to be Gemini. So there's more speed there. This is the time to just Take it one step at a time and have no expectations. Just get what you need to get done. And it's not going to help to speed things up because this is where accidents happen. And they could happen right in your house. And it could happen like a silly email you send, the wrong thing. Anything that was an oops can happen with Mars and Uranus. Uh, but more, more concern, just don't, you know, don't curse people out on the highway and just drive carefully and, you know, Look both ways before crossing the street. It's it's an angry energy sometimes. It's a frustrated energy sometimes. These are often times when uh, we make mistakes in saying something to somebody that was maybe a little harsh, and it shouldn't be. Think before you speak. Think before you act, and stay focused on you know, what your game plan is. Uranus is an incredibly lively energy. And when coupled with Mars, it really does, you know, take the, you know, take the, takes the express train home. And I think that it's a really good energy to come up with new ideas and brainstorm. And so this kind of coupled with that Mercury and Pisces, use it, use it to brainstorm, use it to be creative, use it to come up with a brilliant new scheme, a new idea, something refreshing and innovative. Freshen up your environment wherever you have Aries in your chart. You are an Aries. You may find that you need like to smudge your house, 
to do a makeover in your living room, to to anything that's really sort of refreshing and uh, gonna change up the energy a bit and spice things up, because this is a very strong, powerful energy, and Mars isn't coming back to meet Uranus and Aries again because Uranus is leaving Aries next month, in a few weeks. So this is the last conjunction, the last blending of energies of these two planets in Mars's home sign. So, you know, think about where you've been in these last seven, eight years because Uranus is going to get ready to leave. And Mars is sort of tipping the hat and moving on and going into Taurus on Thursday. When it goes into Taurus, Mars is much slower. It doesn't love Taurus because it likes being in Scorpio. Again, the opposite sign. When a planet is in its own sign or a sign it rules, such as Scorpio, Mars used to rule Scorpio before they discovered Pluto, the opposite sign is not a happy place for that planet. So this goes for all planets. So Mars, when it goes into Taurus, it just slows it all down and we get very stubborn and unbudgeable and, you know, it's okay use it to stay focused. It is a very focused sign, Taurus. It's earthy. It gets things accomplished. And we get things very tangibly in our hands with Taurus because it is a very earthy sign. It will stay in Taurus until March 31st. So we've got a month and a half. That's a typical Mars transit of Mars going into Taurus. And use that energy to get things done, to get things accomplished. You know, it's tax season if you live in the United States. And Taurus is money. <laughs> Taurus rules the money house. So definitely use it to get your finances in order. It's a good time to put energy towards your finances. In the meantime, we have some more special things going on. And the other is that Chiron, which is the, <laughs> they're calling it a comet now. Chiron is going into Aries on Monday. So Mars is leaving Uranus is getting ready to leave Aries. Everybody's making this mass exodus, and Chiron is going into Aries. Now, I probably talked about this months ago when Chiron originally entered Aries last year and did leave to go retrograde, and Chiron retrogrades too, and then now is leaving, finishing Pisces, and going into Aries. Chiron is the wounded healer, and people always say, what does that mean? What is the wounded healer? And what that means is each of us has a wound, obviously. Some place in our life, there's always darkness. None of us are all light. So Chiron is about where we have been wounded in our life and where we have felt wounded or where there's a wound that doesn't really necessarily heal and we kind of go back and pick at it, wherever it lands in your chart. But it's been in Pisces for the last few years and it moves very slowly also. Chiron takes 50 years to go around the zodiac. So this has been 50 years since it went into Aries. So this was, you know, the mid to late 60s. And, you know, you have your Chiron return when you're about 50 years old. So what does it mean when Chiron goes into Aries? Chiron will go into Aries when, you know, when, on Monday, like I said, but it, it is, it is a feeling of the independence of one's person. So their Aries is an independent sign being misunderstood or wounded in some way. So if you are dealing with Chiron and Aries, if you have Chiron and Aries in your chart natally, or, you know, we're all going to be dealing with it now, you'll see that um, 
some people who have Chiron and Aries natally will feel either misunderstood or, or just for being who they are and not appreciated just for who they are. So Chiron goes into Aries and the wound is I'm, I am, here I am, this is who I am. Aries is the first sign. It's right in your face. It's the first house. It's how you're showing yourself to the world. It's your neck. It's your head. It's your, it's who you are showing that face and that initiation process, who you are, how you initiate in the world. It's the first sign. It's the pioneer. It's the warrior. And if you're a pioneering sort and, you know, Chiron comes into Aries, it's like, well, what is this experiment you're doing? What is this invention you have? Nobody understands it. It's that experience of feeling put off or wounded by what people say to your face or what they say to you and not non-verbally too, how they experience you. You know, they want to experience you a certain way. You know, you're a different way. So what I'm saying is a Chiron in Aries, especially a person who has Chiron in Aries is going to be, this is who I am. And a lot of people will just not accept it or try to make them something, somebody else. And they have to stay on their ground and they have to be who they are and stand up for their independence and st- say, but this is what I'm doing. And even if it doesn't like look right, or if it's some sort of weird experiment I'm making or some sort of invention I've made that you don't think is going to be viable, well, I've got to do it anyway. And that's the nature of this. So no matter what happens, Chiron and Aries says, you know, you have to, the only way to heal is to just be yourself and not listen to any feedback that could be deterring you from being yourself. So that's, that's it in a nutshell. So we have a few years of that and it goes in on Monday and it stays, that's it. It's not going retrograde, not leaving. But in the meantime, it's in Pisces for another week and it's the end of the Zodiac. And so Chiron being at the very last degrees of Pisces is about uh, the sort of sacrifice. So it's the healer, the sacrifice. My teacher, Michael Luton, might have said that this was Christ on the cross at, in the moment of crucifixion. And this is, this is where the sacrifice is. There may be some sacrifice. There may be some feeling of losing some part of yourself or saying goodbye to a part of yourself or just releasing something from your life, but sacrificing something for something else, somebody else or something else. It's, it's really on some level, you're saying goodbye to an old life. And Chiron is particularly potent at that degree. It's not like it's, you know, Mercury, (laughs) which we're going to see. And Mercury is going to trigger this Chiron. So when Mercury stations at 29 Pisces, this is now you know, going to bring up whatever happened during this Chiron transit when Chiron's leaving. And Chiron's saying goodbye to the end of the Zodiac and starting a whole new trip through the Zodiac as of next week. But Mercury will bring it back for a moment and we'll remember it. What it's telling us is to be able to release and let go and trust. I mean, when, when you are in that moment of complete surrender, which is what 29 degrees of Pisces is, you need to trust 100% and let go of anything that is going to keep you from trusting and just say, I you know, can't do anything about it. I just got to go and go, go for it. 
and do what you know is the right thing. So that's a big one. That's a big one. The other thing is uh, on the day we have Chiron changing sign, we have the sun changing sign, the sun will go into Pisces. So we're in our last week of Aquarius. And here we are again with very little words because we're leaving an air sign, we're going into a water sign, and we're going to really be going into an internal place where we need to sort of listen and tune in and not uh, cram our heads with words and analysis. Venus will conjunct Saturn on Monday, and that's another uh, interesting aspect because Venus-Saturn is not the, the happiest aspect. Venus is the planet of love, money, beauty. Um, and Saturn says, mm, we have to put limits on that. We have to put restrictions on that. We have to put um, some very uh, strong, you know, hold up. We're going to put brakes on that. And it's very, very interesting that Venus is conjuncting Saturn the same day Chiron is saying surrender because Venus Saturn actually in the long run gets us what we want. So if you want love in your life, Saturn says, okay, you got to work for it. And you get it because you worked hard for it. And because Venus Saturn crystallizes things. Um, but Venus Saturn can also bring tears and separation and things that don't feel good because we are having expectations of them or we're not necessarily clear on what we want. Saturn is very that much about commitment. But it, it often, Saturn is a wall. Saturn puts limits, like I said, and it is a structure, but maybe when it connects with Venus, we don't feel so loving. We feel separated from the love. We feel, you know, maybe somebody's mad at us or it's just a passing that transit. It's not going to go on for, you know, years. It's just one day. It's a few minutes, but it is that aspect that's really a, a little bit of a sticky one that we don't entirely feel comfortable with. So that is a self-nurturing day. That's a day, if you don't feel like talking on the phone, don't. If you feel like just taking care of yourself and watching movies, do that. What I don't recommend is drowning your sorrows in overindulgence, because um, that doesn't ever work with Saturn. You know, if you feel a little blue, you know, don't overeat or drink or do anything that could be less than stellar for your, for your person or your body. It's just one of those things where you feel like, you know, you might, the, like the sun isn't going to come up tomorrow. Well, it does and it will and it, and it is going to be fine. We have Venus Saturn all the time. <laughs> and we had a whole lot of Venus Saturn last year. So this is really a time of just sort of staying clear, staying motivated, staying committed. And that is about it. Um, we're going to move into a super moon next week, a full moon, but we'll talk about that when the moment comes. That's next Tuesday in Virgo Pisces. And that's going to be a very nice little transit. But remember not to lose hope. And with Chiron at the end of Pisces and Venus on Saturn, we could actually feel like for a moment there's no hope, but you have to push forward. And you have to trust your intuition and you have to trust your instincts and you have to keep moving. 
So thank you for listening. This is Deb McBride. This is my astrology podcast. My website is debmcbride.com. My Instagram and Twitter are at debastrology. I write a blog uh, and there's this podcast. And I look forward to hearing from anyone. If you are interested, I do astrological sessions and they are very valuable. So I hope that I hear from you soon and I hope you tune in next week. And thanks so much and have a lovely week.